Diving deeper into the Commanders, streak-busting loss to the Vikings. Why Washington may have gotten screwed out of their fourth straight win, we say what Coach Rivera can't say on this episode of Locked On Commanders. Your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Welcome in, Commanders fans, to the Locked On Commanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are your daily podcast covering the Washington Commanders, free and available on all platforms, including YouTube and, of course, the WUSA 9 app, which you can find on your Roku or Amazon Fire Stick. And as always, we thank you for making us your first listener, your first view of the day. I'm David Harrison, my my co-host, my hero for week nine of the NFL season, Chris the Rooster Russell, joining me here, both of us credential members of the media covering your Washington Commanders. Chris doing it for Team 980, where you can find Heat and Pete Methurst live Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern or anytime on the Odyssey app. And I'm doing it for SI.com Fan Nation's Commander Country. Keep up with all that if you can. But, Chris, that's where we're doing our job, our daily grind, the day job, as they like to call it, right? But then we come here to share our thoughts on the latest gatherings from the Commanders. Yes, indeed. And it's a, it's, it's a sad gathering uh, this week for the first time in a couple of weeks. But David, before we begin, this podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional therapy done securely online, available to people worldwide. And they have a special offer for our listeners here at Locked On Commanders. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash Locked on. Again, we thank you for making us your first listen and watch of the day, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team each and every day. David, Ron Rivera was still upset on Monday morning about the Jonathan Ridgeway penalty uh, that extended the drive for the Minnesota Vikings and, of course, ultimately didn't cost the commanders points, but it cost them precious time, which they never really had and did not get much of an opportunity to try and tie up the game as well. The Benjamin St. Juice defensive pass interference penalty. Uh, You haven't had a chance to weigh in with us just yet. I did on the postgame show uh, from FedEx Field, but what was your spin first on the Ridgeway penalty and the ensuing fallout from that? Yeah, so first and foremost, the Ridgeway penalty. I mean, listen, when it when it happened in real time, you know, I, I like to be a guy who says I don't watch the ball, I watch the play, right? But uh, on special teams, especially field goals, I don't know enough about what's happening in the trenches there. You never coach special teams, and your friend and, and a previous guest on this show, Ben Kotwika, kind of told told us that you've never coached football until you coach special teams. So I can I can honestly say I guess I've never coached football, um, especially not to that level, right? But you know, and then you sh- they show the replay, and look, Ridgeway, he does. He comes off the ball. He kind of shifts a little bit. He makes contact with the long snapper. You know, okay, that's a pretty simple penalty. And I think even the broadcast said that's a pretty simple penalty uh, to call it very, very easy. Um, but I will admit that in the moment, though, I even kind of said, like, you know, but there's a, there's, a, there's a couple of beats before Ridgeway really makes contact with that long snapper. And I understand the rule is there because he's a defenseless player. He's got his head down. He's got his neck bending exposed. And all this stuff, but I kind of feel like in in a combat sport, right? In a in a, in a sport that's intended to be very very physical, there's got to be a window here. There's got to be kind of a grace period, whether it's a logical one or an actually timed one. You know, we've got you know we've got certain you know penalties that are like one yard off the line of scrimmage. Like there's got to be just kind of something 
I can't imagine the long snapper is allowed to just kind of sit there the entire time with his head down and never be contacted because you basically just give the kicking team an automatic advantage where this guy, this, this you know, three foot or so, depending on how wide this dude really is, this three foot or so gap in the in the line of scrimmage, which, oh, by the way, happens to be the most direct line to the ball and to the kick is now basically just a dead zone for the defense. Doesn't really seem to, to, to balance the scales of competition there. And then that's kind of what Ron Rivera said that was coached. I think that's really kind of where his gripe really uh, leans on. Well, you know, so it's interesting. I mean, um, yeah, I don't know if you were able to watch the postgame episode. Uh, we had Walt Anderson who did a pool report with Nikki Javala of the Washington Post. And it yeah. wasn't so much, I, I guess, the contact. It was the forcible blow to the head and neck area is what yeah. he said. So I went back and I watched it really, really close. Uh, several, you know, the beat reporters that you deal with every day that I, you know, of course, have known forever, you know, blew it up and slowed it down and frame by frame. And Ron mm -hmm. Rivera was, you know, talking about how they teach the technique of crossing the face of the long snapper, so on and so forth. And you could really see it when you slow it down that Jonathan Ridgway does indeed cross the face of the center. However, yeah. he makes contact with the snapper with his left hip, his, the left side of his body, right? Mm -hmm. But it's it the contact, the initial contact, David, appears to be, and for those of you watching on YouTube, right, or the WUSA 9 app that you can see what I'm doing with my shoulder, it appears to be right in this area, which right. is... Not exactly the head and neck, but it's yeah. the shoulder, but it's close enough. And that's the problem. They see that. And I think they always, I, I, I think the part of the problem with officiating, right, is they call a lot of times what they think they see, yeah. not what they actually see. Right. And I've watched this a million times, right? Um, he did, Ridgeway also, again, for those of you watching, have a headlock basically on the long snap, right? The rule yeah. is in place to protect the long snapper who's, again, head and neck is bowed down, snapping the ball, and then snapping and thrusting back up. So I understand get you know protecting those guys because if you look at it, the dude got trucked, and he got yeah. trucked hard. So I get what they're trying to do. I just don't know how easy of a call it is yeah. to apply. One, one thing that I do want to point out, and I pointed this out on the postgame show, but I, I've had a further chance to – Learn and glean, and and other reporters have now mentioned this as well. But I mentioned it first on our post game show. Mm -hmm. I was told that the referees, the officials, were tipped off. Yeah, I mean, and this is this is something, and, and well, you know, Coach Rivera says this is what they train their guys to do. So this is something the Viking staff saw on tape and basically told the officials, "Hey, look out for this." Yes. But again, that kind of goes to my point. And again, this may not be something that's on the books now, and if. I mean, one occasion really isn't probably going to do anything and move the needle. But if this becomes something that kind of becomes a thing during the course of the season or have it help it determine the outcome of an overtime playoff game, that's really where you see motion happen uh, within the competition committee. I just again, to me, there's got to be some sort of onus. Right. We kind of talk about uh, we kind of talk about like quarterbacks getting down you know, early enough to allow the defender to give themselves up or defenseless receivers. Eventually, you don't you're not you're no longer defenseless. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a long snapper. And I don't know what that answer is. Cameron Cheeseman, you know, maybe that's someone we talked to in the locker room this week. He would have a better answer on that. But eventually, like, there's got to be a, enough time. You drop your head, you snap the ball, but then there's got to be whether it's a two beat, whether you know, whatever, whatever the the measuring stick is going to be, where you now have a responsibility to get your head up and become a blocker and a competitor on the field, so that the defense can use that avenue to try to uh, affect the play. And that's just kind of where I come from. Like I, I saw he made the contact. 
And, you know, look, maybe that's something where minimum competition committee goes back. That's a scoring play, right? So let's make that reviewable, especially let the kick play out. It's kind of like the fumbles and, and you know, the, the immediate recoveries and all that stuff. Let's let the, the, let the play play out, throw the flag, do all that stuff. But then maybe let New York look at it and say, look, that wasn't actually so forcible that it should have drawn a flag. So whatever the result of that play is stands and we move forward from there. No doubt. All right. We got to get to the Benjamin St. Juice defensive pass interference penalty yeah. uh, and as well the Curtis Samuel touchdown. You want to do that coming up here, right? We'll do that. Yeah, absolutely. We got more to talk about because the commanders, they, they, they didn't really get a whole lot of help from the guys in black and white on Sunday. Let's be honest. And maybe they need a little bit more. Fortunately for me and fortunately for you, there are people who can help us in our time of need. And for me, guys, Chris Russell, the rooster himself. I had some family stuff I had to deal with. I sent out a tweet so that you know as many people knew uh, as possible. But I had to step away from the game. I had to step away from the show yesterday. So he was able to cover down for me and be kind of my partner in solving my problem. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp Therapy Online. Fortunately for you, like me, we can all get some outside help from time to time. But maybe it's not the rooster. Maybe the rooster just can't help you guys out today. Or maybe he can't help me out the next time. Sometimes there's so much going on in life. Whether it's breaking news, whether it's a family issue, whether it's a combination of work and life stresses, we just need a little bit of help because it's hard for us to get ourselves in problem-solving mode. And when you do, a therapist can be that partner in your problem-solving, make it easier for you to achieve your goals. Because honestly, sometimes we just can't see the forest through the trees. We need someone from an outside perspective to help bring the tools for us to be successful. BetterHelp not only wants to be a part of that solution, but they have convenient, accessible, and affordable professionals ready for you online or over the phone. You can do it on camera. You can do it off camera, however you want, whenever you want. And the best part is if you don't necessarily jive with a person that's paired up to help you the first go around, you can switch with no issues. You don't have to explain to anybody. You don't have to justify your reasonings. You just tell them, look, I need someone new. You get someone new. It's that easy. When you want to be a better problem solver, a therapist can help you get there and therapy can help you get there. Visit betterhelp.com slash locked on today. Get 10% off your first month with BetterHelp. That's better H-E-L-P dot com slash locked on all right on monday the indianapolis colts fired frank reich as their head coach naming jeff saturday as their interim head coach did that put dan snyder in perhaps a more stable football position than jim mercy uh something i want to ask david sort of <clears throat> tongue-in-cheek more on dandy dan in a couple of moments but again we want to thank you guys for making the locked on commanders podcast your first listen and first view of the day of course when you're done here check out locked on sports today the biggest stories in sports beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only locked on can provide available on this app youtube or wherever you get your podcasts uh, David, uh, a breakdown first of just how bad the commander's offense has been. For the ninth time, uh, this uh, credit goes to my radio partner, Pete Medhurst, uh, who thought of this. For the ninth time, and I did confirm it, in 18 Taylor Heineke starts spanning last year and the three starts this year, the commanders have only scored 17 points or less. Again, yeah. nine out of 18. That's 50%, obviously. When you hear that, and I ask you for a gut reaction. I can't imagine it's a good gut reaction, right? Yeah, it's, I mean, look, the offense is limited, bottom line. Like, And, and listen, this isn't a Taylor Heineke dig, right? I think Taylor brings a lot to the field. And, and I was talking to another media member about this last week leading up to the game. It's it's kind of interesting because, you know, everything that we've been saying all offseason, Carson Wentz brings more physical tools 
you know, holistically to the field than what Taylor Heineke does. No, Carson's not as athletic or as, as you know, abil- his ability to freestyle kind of isn't there. But the arm ability, the, the ability to get the ball wherever you need it across the field, down the field, all those things. And even the experience, it, it's all there and it's all proven. Um, but that 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 thing that you can't measure about Taylor Heineke, I think that everybody can agree right now, has got this Washington Commanders team and even the offense, honestly, playing better. But from a from a general standpoint, not necessarily drive to drive or even a play to play standpoint, but just a general standpoint. But look, the bottom line is this team is limited, like no matter whether it's Carson, whether it's Taylor, the team is limited. And honestly, for everybody pounding the tail for Sam, how they're there, they'll be limited with Sam too. Sam is not he's just not ready yet uh, for that type of responsibility. Twenty two points right now, Chris, is the NFL median, not the average. What that means is, you know, the teams like 15, 16, 17 range, they're giving up about twenty two points. Per game, the Washington Commanders are in that group. They're allowing 21.2 points per game right now through nine games. They've given up three games, or they've had three games where they've allowed 22 points or more, so above average scoring to their opponent. And they they've scored right three times, 22 points or more. That's really your problem. The defense is doing great. The defense is is running at a at a at a six and three pace, and you know in theory, like he's they're giving you that chance to be six and three. It's the offense that has only been able to go above average in scoring three times this season so far they're two and one in those games Jacksonville Green Bay are your wins and Detroit is your loss the one time where this team's defense gave up more than average points and the offense also scored more than average points just not enough yeah you know David I, I mean listen we could sit here and break down every statistical measure every number every analytic what have you um yeah. I think you're right obviously the defense has done good enough I mean after a brutal brutal start and trust me it was brutal um you know, simply they need more. They have so little margin for error and, and a game like Sunday. Yeah. And, you know, normally we sit next to each other in the press box and I'm sure we would have been talking about this because this was, you know, I was trying to point this out during the game and and mm. it gets lost in the sea of tweets. But I did, yeah. you know, of course, bring it back up on the post game is yesterday in the first half where they have struggled miserably, no matter whether it's Carson Wentz, Taylor Heineke. Uh, but they were even worse yesterday, uh, I should say Sunday in the first half than they have been under Heineke and, and, and even to some degree Wentz in that they didn't even score a touchdown, at least in Heineke's two first starts, they actually had a first half touchdown, right? No. Um, and then yesterday they didn't get the offense even a pulse until the final drive of the first half. And yet every one of the drives in the first half, with the exception of the first one, started out with a really positive play. There was a 16-yard yeah. run up the middle to Curtis Samuel, who is their most productive uh, rusher yesterday, yeah. right, uh, for the most part. Uh, there was a 17-yard pass to Terry McLaurin. There was back-to-back five-yard runs. Gibson and I think Robinson had each one to start drives, right? So they were able to start well. It's almost like, you know how when you script out a, a, a an offensive game plan, your first 15 or whatever it is, you're able to start hot and then not sustain it you run out of gas it was almost like that for the commanders in the first half and then in the fourth quarter when they had the 17-7 lead they had two drives one of which was the interception of course okay that was extended by a penalty and then the other one was a three and out and that was the last thing they needed and that was the last time they touched the ball so again it's it's just like okay they show a pulse and then inability to sustain it yeah, if you're up 17-7 in the fourth quarter and you have the ball at the time that you're up 17-7 in the fourth right. quarter, you got to win that game. Like right. you got to find a way. 
to come away with the win. And we talk about, and honestly, and you know, we talk about some of the limitations, you know, and Ron kind of talked about some of the, some of the, and I, I don't want to call them issues necessarily, but some of the things that Taylor does that kind of make everybody nervous. And, and you mentioned it in the first time that pass occurred to Samuel. I mean, that's an interception, but like that's, right. that's, you know, I listen, I'm, I'm super happy that Curtis Samuel came down with that ball and right. someone needs to send that ref, you know, a, a commander's gear gift bag. You know what I mean? But um, well, yeah, if, that, if that back judge not- doesn't get in the place, that's, that's an interception every, you know, every, every time and twice on Sundays. Absolutely. Sorry to cut you off. I mean, as you would imagine, Kevin O'Connell, the Vikings head coach and the former Washington offensive coordinator, are not happy about that particular play. And it's very clear that it would have been at least a pass knockdown, a breakup or an interception ultimately. And that was one of the two plays that I wanted to ask you about that we didn't get your opinion on. And before we forget to follow up. Uh, then the Benjamin St. Juice one. Now, yeah. that wasn't an offensive play, right? We're talking about struggling offense, but mm-hmm. it cost them points because it was ultimately a pick six. Now, maybe the Vikings pulled up realizing that the flag was against Washington. I don't know, but it did cost them points, and ultimately it cost them the game. What did you think of that yeah. call? I, it looked like a genuine pick six to me. I, I will give you I will give you and the Vikings the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, maybe they pulled up because they saw the flag, and I know that the sideline saw the flag. If you kind of go back and watch it, you see the guys behind them. The, there's like a coach who's kind of like bah, whatever. Like it's yeah. it's it's no big deal. So maybe the players, I don't know, you know, whatever. But um, I think I I agree with Ron on this one. You know what I mean? Like, look, they're they're both fighting each other. This isn't Benjamin St. Juice mugging a wide receiver and then getting an interception. These are this is two combatants on the field of play. Both of them have their their head towards the quarterback and towards where the ball is coming from. Both of them have their hands on each other. Benjamin is just the one who got his hands free enough, fast enough to get his hands on the ball. I think you got to eat that flag if if you're the official, um, you know what I mean? Or worst case scenario, if you really want to do it, you call offsetting penalties and you just kind of play from there. But to give the the opponent, to give the Minnesota Vikings the ball at the spot and a first down in that situation, I mean, that's that's to me, that's that's not a good call. To me, when you're when you're getting graded as an official, that's gonna be a bad mark. That's probably that's gonna be a negative uh sign on your grade sheet. And and you know, I don't I'm not it wasn't such a bad officiating performance. I'm like, I hope they don't, you know, see them in the Super Bowl. Or anything like that, but I do think that was a bad call. And this, look, as far as that back judge, I get why Coach O'Connell's mad about it, and I get why the defenders mad about it. But that dude wasn't, you know, like that's just one of those things where look, he's he's just he's just caught in no man's land. And I mean, if he runs one way, he runs in Curtis Samuel. If he runs the other way, he runs in the defender. If he runs the the only third direction he could have run, he's now out of position to officiate the play mm-hmm. completely. So he's either going to interfere with somebody or not do his job. There was no way that man was winning once that ball went in the air. All right, coming up on to, on the next full episode of the Locked On Commanders podcast, I want to get into Carson Wentz and whether or not this coming Monday night in Philadelphia is, 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 is basically the last audition for Taylor Heineke because it is the last game that Wentz has to, has to miss on his four-game IR spin. Not enough time to get into that uh, today, but we will get into that on the next episode of the Locked On Commanders podcast. So... We have that, plus we have news on Dan Snyder and the potential commander sale over the weekend, which is the biggest prize any commander's fan, I think, could possibly receive, but we have one better for you, at least right now, and that's our friends at Prize Picks and PrizePicks.com. And what they're giving you, that's right, the opportunity to play daily fantasy sports in an awesome environment. If you've been on prize picks before, you know what the deal is, but let me just remind you, what you're going to do is pick between two and five players. And if they score more or less than their prize picks value uh, projection, simply 
and your and your guess is right, you're going to win. You can win up to 10 times your money on any entry. I've done it before. David has done it uh, before. You're not competing against other people like you do in regular fantasy football, per se. You're competing against the computer and the prize picks projection. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy, safe, and easy withdrawals available in 30 states in the U.S., Canada as well. Download the prize picks app now or go to prizepicks.com, which is the way I play, to sign up and play. And when you sign up and play, first-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match uh, of up to $100 with the promo code locked on. If you deposit 100, prize picks give you 100. If you deposit 50, prize picks going to give you 50. Don't forget to use the promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match of up to $100. All right, guys, we're going to wrap up our episode, our thoughts on, on this last game. Obviously, there's some more you know, fallout from this game that's going to lead into future episodes, like Chris mentioned, uh, a conversation that's got to start happening about Taylor Heineke versus Carson Wentz and what the Washington Commanders may or may not do when that time to make that decision comes. Uh, but first, we've talked about the game, Chris. Let's let some uh, a fan have their say and, and one of our regulars, Hogskins, calling in. Uh, after that loss to the Minnesota Vikings. Dang, what's up, fellas? Hogskins. Oh man, we could have won that game. Dang. Let me let me first say I did not pick uh I didn't pick Washington to win. I, I definitely um picked picked the Vikings, but uh well I think what changed the game was uh after that uh St. Juice uh pick six and that you know he interfered with the receiver. I think after that pick six was called back, that's when everything went downhill, man. If that pick six would have stood, okay, we would have won the game. And then, of course, what Heineke's interception, dude, that killed us. But uh, I think what made me mad at the end of the game, when number 91, don't know the guy's name, when, when, uh, he, he jumped over the, uh, or jumped into the, to the, uh, the, the long snapper, dude, that killed it, man. I, I really think if if that wasn't an interference, you know, they'd have got the three points. We would have still had a timeout, and um, you know, we would have had enough time. You know, I mean, I don't know if we would have won or not, but we, we, I think we'd have had a good chance. With uh, I believe it was over a minute left, but we'd have got the ball back. I think it would have been over a minute. I think like a minute forty something or whatever, and one timeout. I think that would have gave us a good chance to go down, spill, either win the game. Or or tie and go into overtime. At ninety one, just blew it. Like, dude, come on, everybody knows dude. You, you you don't touch the long snapper. And the dude jumps right into the long snapper. Like, you got to be kidding me. Anyway, all right, fellas, man. I, uh, how'd you guys after the next game? All right, once again, thanks to our pal Hogskins, David. You can hear the 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 frustration in his voice. I think everybody walked yeah. away. Being frustrated, he's right. The game obviously changed because it would have been 20, uh, 24 to 7 with about 13, 12 and a half minutes left to go or so after that pick six. Then they get the field goal on that drive to make it 17-10. And, of course, the interception. You know, another key play that didn't really get talked about much was not only the interception by Harrison Smith, but the 35-yard return, which sets up the Vikings yeah. in that position. And, listen, we talked about the Ridgeway penalty. We talked about the pick-six penalty. You know, one thing I haven't gotten your thoughts on real quickly, I'm curious, did you have a problem with how Ron Rivera did or didn't use his timeouts, especially when you consider what they did in the third quarter, uh, which seemed to be kind of an unnecessary challenge. Uh, I didn't have an issue necessarily with the first one. Obviously, you don't want to take it, but at the same time, you know, if you're if you're in kind of in a state of confusion, it's better uh, to take that that timeout. You just it's more so 
frustration with the team for not getting set and not understanding what was going on quick enough to cause the the timeouts of need to be taken. The challenge, I I didn't like the challenge. You know what I mean? When I when I saw it, and, and you know, um, fortunately for me, it doesn't happen very often. But when I do have to miss a game as it's happening live, I also try to stay off Twitter. And full disclosure, I haven't watched your post game episode because I want to make sure that my thoughts for people are fresh and and they're my own. Um, but obviously, we're going to talk press conferences and stuff like that. So I obviously go through and read some of those uh, types of things. But you know, I I just felt like you know third third and short, like you're, you're that's what you're going to face if you if you win the challenge. You know, you're not gaining a whole bunch of yardage. You're just getting a first down. If you lose the challenge, you lost timeout, and it's it's third and short. But it's it's third and short either way. Like I just to me the 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 gain versus the you know the risk reward factor was was not was not balanced there to me to make that challenge yeah especially when you had already spent your first time out of the yeah. second half yeah. one thing to do that in the first half of a game another thing to right. do that yeah, first half go for it yeah absolutely exactly in the second half and that's what jay gruden told me on monday on my radio show when i asked him exactly that different different yeah. situation first half versus second half and I, I had a feeling bad feeling at the time and i tweeted it at the time that that was going to come back and haunt the commanders and certainly it did all right just wrapping up the show with quick note jay glazer reported over uh the weekend actually on sunday on fox nfl sunday that there is no investor help on the way. Dan Snyder is selling the commanders. That's basically what he said. Uh, yeah. In essentially a nutshell, this is a 100% sale. And yeah. you have to take Jay Glazer at his word. I think a lot of people are leaning that way. Uh, no investor, no partner, no last minute life raft. He says the team could fetch about $7 billion. And David, once more, this might be wrapped up by the league meetings uh, which I believe is at the end, towards the end of March in West yeah. Palm Beach, Florida. What do you make of that? Yeah, there's a reason for this shift. You know what I mean? I'm gonna I'm gonna maintain my current stance or my previous stance, which was I'll believe it when I see it. And that's mm -hmm. basically look when we're sitting at the press conference from the new owner, that's when I'll believe that's actually happening. All right, but um, I look forward to winning the Powerball Tuesday night and becoming a minority investor in whatever group is trying to make that. <laughs> so you, Jay Z, Kevin Durant, absolutely, and, uh, and Jeff Bezos, and, and Jeff Bezos, huh? Yeah, absolutely. Why not? I mean, I I'll probably be the life of the party, right? They'll they'll uh, need me to make sure that the entertainment is is brought. But are you still going to uh, do the podcast though? Absolutely. Why wouldn't I do the podcast? And are then everybody can call us? me a homer. And you're right either way because right, I own the team. You're going to get us better placement, like on the video board. Uh, yes, our show will be broadcast during the game. Ooh, that's, that's what nice. will happen. That's nice. I'm sure Taylor Heineke would love that. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. He probably won't it. be playing by then, but you know, that's <laughs> neither here nor there. All right. More on Carson Wentz and Taylor Heineke and the future and the road ahead on the next episode again. And again, continuing developments on Dan Snyder and his potential sale of the Washington Commanders as it is warranted thanks again for making the locked on commanders podcast your first listen and view of the day again we're part of the locked on podcast network your team each and every day for your next listen and watch check out the locked on sports today podcast the biggest stories of the day plus instant reactions big game recaps and the take of the day it's available on the odyssey app youtube and wherever you get your podcast we'll be back with much more throughout the week leading up till monday night football the eagles undefeated hosting the Washington Commanders. The Commanders installed as 10.5 point underdogs on Bet Online to open up the week. If you want to hop in like Hoskins did, 301-615-3577 on the voicemail, 301-615-3577. 
for David Harrison covering the Washington Commanders for SI.com's Fan Nation and Commander Country. I'm Chris Russell, one half of the Russell Lament, her show on the Team 980, and always live, free, and on demand on the Odyssey app. If you're out please be safe, be kind to one another. Thank you for joining us right here on the Locked On Commanders Podcast.